When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys know Kiss inside and out. They freak me out all the time. You're going to enjoy it. The episode is epic. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oi. This is Gene Simmons. Put that cookie down. Kiss. Stop pressing the button. Star. Brother Simmons. Star. Paul Stanley. Is that what he does? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Positive thing, okay? Alright. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because fuck them. That's what are you talking about? 617 525 You do? Hey, fuck them. Do you like this? Settle down. Hello! Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 192. Oh, boy. Badlands, Tom. Oh, this is a big boy. This is a big boy episode right here, huh? We've been getting requests for this for quite some time. We even had a a bunch of album review crew uh, requests on this album. Yep. From the Patreon members, and we're like, yeah, this ain't gonna work, guys, because uh this is part of the Kiss member family albums. That's so, right. That's right. Yep. Here we are. We're about to hit Badlands finally. That's right. Eric Singer's band. And now, oh, I can't wait to get into this one. This will be definitely a good one. And before we do anything further, we got to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. And that's ABCPA Inc. Hey, Loudcasters, ABCPA Inc. is an accountant firm located in the suburbs of Chicago that can assist you with all your accountant and tax needs. For businesses, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, 
filing federal and state income tax returns, and help with starting your own business as well. For individuals, they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust and estate tax returns, and filing personal federal and state income tax returns. They have access to all 50 states. Oh, boy. So let's come up with some new ones. How about uh, whether you're in Wyoming or Idaho? Beautiful. All right. Yes. And you know, there's plenty of loudcasters there. There are. <laughs> Checking into the greater <laughs> Cheyenne, Wyoming community tonight. Yes. Uh, ABCP Inc. can prepare an e-file on your behalf. Uh, did you know, Kiss Army, if you own a business with employees and have had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 due to COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you may be entitled to additional tax credits. And we know our buddy Gene loves those tax credits. Bring <laughs> them on to me. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn and visit their website, abcpainc.com. That's abcpainc.com. Or email our buddy, Tony Barone, the biggest Rush fan that we know. Tony. Second, second biggest. Oh, is that a challenge to Tony? I'm going to challenge to see who likes Rush more, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like him more. (laughs) I mean, hands up, gloves off. He challenged the Chiefs. He challenged challenged Barone. He challenged Getty Lee. (laughs) If you lose a fight to Getty Lee, you no, don't show your face around town, please. Getty Lee is a handsome man. (laughs) He's and he's and he lo- he loves this time of year because it's Halloween. So he all he does is put a hat on and he's already a witch. <laughs> he is not what you would call a masculine man. <laughs> he doesn't need to be. No, no. Anyways, please email Tony about your rush picks, but more importantly, <laughs> about your tax and account needs at Tony at abcpainc.com. That's Tony at abcpainc.com or call them at 708-430-3232 708-430-3232 yeah abcpa inc all right all right get that wash that rush taste out of my mouth and let's get to last week's poll on winterland 1975 all right all right bugger so, so the Winterland show was on the Harder Than Hell tour. So obviously they only had two albums to choose from for song selections. So our poll was, what song would you like to have seen them added to that set list? So we went with Strange Ways, Coming Home, Going Blind, and All the Way. Everything from Harder Than Hell. Uh, no surprise, Strange Ways took the lead with 38%. Coming Home, 24 Going Blind, 22 All the Way, 17 Pretty tight across the board. Everybody loves that Harder Than Hell uh, album. So... But I think everybody was looking at Strange Ways. Our buddy King Kusano said it best. Imagine Strange Ways all in black and white, all heavy and shit. Yeah. Yes. That would have that would have looked pretty friggin' amazing on that. Um I think that's uh, the key, Tom. That whole set list seemed heavy. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. <right? laughs> so it's gotta be something like that. So 
I was like originally telling you, let's put mainline in there, but it just wouldn't work. Too poppy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why I thought it was weird. We talked about it. I think I, I know Let Me Go Rock and Roll is a hit and I can't stand the song, but I think that's why it kind of looked weird with them like yeah pause it like you know like happily jumping around singing let me go rock and roll after they just yeah. did like watching you and parasite you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it was it's like song. them doing in the middle of this set let's go hey this one's called i want to hold your hand exactly like See? So, right because it stinks just like i want to hold <laughs> <your> hand. <laughs> uh our buddy i love it louder the answer is all the way he literally it no other answer he says well wow, right. literally uh, our buddy Nige, yeah, strange ways that riff is heavy as fuck. All right, a lot of strange ways here. Um, let's see. Uh, and then we'll finish up the poll comments here from Twitter. We got our buddy Brad Baird. Love all these songs, but I really enjoy Coming Home. Strange ways is probably my favorite because Peter's singing it in Ace's guitar, but it drags a little live. I could see it. That's the thing. It's not a crowd pleaser. It might be fun to watch in black and white in Winterland, but being in the audience, you'd be like. Oh, all right. Hurry up. <laughs> Hurry up, dude. <laughs> but I get it. So you got something something on Instagram regarding the poll? Yeah, we. Uh, I changed it up when I put the episode up. I always put a poll that those last for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got a lot of votes. Nice. So I changed it and I said, which concert? And I'm thinking of like Kiss concert videos that they were selling and stuff. Yeah. So I put, which would you rather see live? Kiss at Winterland 75? Kiss Animalize Live Uncensored 84. Kiss Rocks Vegas 2014. <laughs> or Kiss Dupa. <laughs> the funniest part about this is Kiss Dubai did not come in last place. Oh my God. By far 64%. Kiss Winterland. 29%, including our buddy, Mr. Jericho. You knew he was going there. Uh, Animalized Live. Yep. Uh, Kiss Dubai with 6%. And Kiss Rocks Vegas, 1%. So those 6% who voted for Dubai, those are people that are still waiting for their shit. Is there ever going to be anything, a better one-word punchline than just say, hey, Dubai? Oh. It's just, <laughs> think of that. We are approaching two years think of that it is right now we're recording on october 5th in a few months it will be two years since people forked over all that money and why zeus because fuck them that's why (laughs) all right tom you got some twitter comments we do our buddy cameron johnson I'm laying here in bed down under in Australia watching LSU versus Auburn, listening to the new episode. I did what Tom said, and I went back to YouTube and refreshed myself with the show. Incredibly powerful performance that makes me wish I was there. I'm just more impressed that Cameron from Australia is watching LSU versus Auburn. That's pretty cool. Uh, Clark side of the moon. When I try to explain to my teenage kids how impactful Kiss was on my youth, I tell them this. Until the mid-70s, I listened to what my older sister listened to. Captain and Tennille, Barry Manilow, the Carpenters. Then I show them this, Winterland. Nice. Uh, We got Joel Hoffman here. Kiss were legit scary and dangerous during this era, far from the Saturday matinee that they will become. 
This is why I will still argue that the early days of Kiss will never be topped by anything they would do in the future. This is what Kiss has always meant to me, hands down. And a lot of people love that early era. I'm, I'm really, re- I mean, I've always liked it, but I'm really digging it even more. The, the greatness of Kiss is the fact that there are so many different incarnations of Kiss. You yeah. can like everything. They yep. weren't the same style, the same stuff. Everybody loves that part about uh, ACDC. To yep. me, I-, I want the, you know, hard rock style. I want the more glam metal, hair metal style. I want yep. the grunge album that they try. I like it all. Mm-hmm. Give me a mixture. Yep. Uh, I would finish up Twitter comments with one from Chris Kasula. The performance in black and white is epic. Made that more badass, in my opinion. No doubt. That's true. So that's Twitter. What do you got on the uh, book of face? All right. All right. You can't say all right. Regular. All right. Booger. Exactly. Call me booger. All right. (laughs) Booger. Takashi. Toshiro. Uh, Yes, sir. Excuse, please. But why does they call you booger? I don't know. Anybody here have allergies? Me too. Gotta, for those of you who you do gotta, have allergies, you got to raise your violin bow like point Dexter. No. For those of you who do have allergies, you can request a foam rubber pillow. <laughs> the image, uh, like I wish I could, they made that into the meme. The the image of John Goodman as coach listening oh, to the conversation, he's just he's falling like, asleep, just blinking falling. like this is fucking painful. <laughs> I love that. Worms love are being. You can't just leave me here. It's like I'm a refugee at the war. <laughs> Oh, oh god all right all right mick watkins likes wine coolers for all the tough guys yeah mick watkins check out his band man he kicks ass he's on facebook yeah that's yeah. right yeah he's a good guy yes david kathy all right longtime fan oh yeah one of the originals that's right uh, this this concert has a special place in my heart because it reminded me the first time i saw them in 74 plus i got to see this concert 75 in nashville oh my god wow and he posts uh, like uh, a uh, a po- a poster that i uh, you know i still got rolled up in the corner of my bedroom uh he's got this <laughs> one of harder than hell tour in nashville <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome david nice i love i love hearing from like the og kiss fans <laughs> from that era <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he also adds, when you listen to the episode of Tom and Zeus, just have to ask yourself one thing. Do they like Kiss? I bet after this episode, they get so hot and bothered over Kiss, I bet they had a cigarette. (laughs) Great show, guys. Keep me entertained with your Kiss talk and always give me laughter. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Keith Rochford. Hell yeah. Thanks, TNZ, for the comment of the week. Love the show. Hands down, one of the best podcasts out there. Yeah, shout it out loud, cast. All right, Keith. Thanks, buddy. Kyle Schneider adds, yes, this show is one of their greatest. Firing on all cylinders. Peter is still using his Ludwig kit. He would get his Pearl endorsement deal by April of 75. Wow. He's on top of that. Thank you for that. And our buddy... Thinking Stanley here, people. That's right, Tom. Thinking Stanley. Oh no! Awesome comments, though. When he when he brings them, I'll give him credit. I love that kick and step 
into the intro of Parasite. Also, Gene's hair looks so badass when it was that long. That he's right. When you watch that intro to Parasite, the way it, it just looks so fucking menacing, the movements that they do. It's so awesome. Oh, he's got so a good. photo of himself with Peter Chris while uh, he's wearing his Harder Than Hell album. And then he's got another photo of him having Ace sign his Harder Than Hell album as well. Love that shit. Nice. Um, and he added, great episode. My favorite bootleg concert. Man, could be mine too, buddy. All right. I remember ordering Winterland from Peter Arquette back in the day, pre-Kiss Vision. I don't know who you are, Peter, but sorry he named you. He's the great-grandfather uh, of Sam Loomis. <laughs> Um, absolutely love the Harder Than Hell era, and this is my favorite Kiss album because of the dark, sludgy sound of it. Mm. Not to mention the first Kiss album that I got back in '76, and those songs, "Parasite," "Watching You," "Strange Ways," all the way. Got to choose. It didn't get much better than that. Well, maybe alive, but I just love Harder Than Hell overall. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Michael Scott, Courtney Cronin, Dold, Kulik, Spencer, fucking Cook, Kulik, Cook, Simmons, Tweed. Um, <laughs> one, if not their best performances. Phenomenal. Midnight special performance was shortly right after this. Another great show. Nice. Thank you. Yep. Over on Loudcasters, Tom. Yes. The great David Zanet. Love the video. Love the show. Love David. All right, buddy. Hope you're doing well. Um, Justin Steele. And Justin, you are absolutely right. He brings up the point that I fucking had a brain lapse. That Deuce was on exposed. Yes. And my fault. I my my I I had exposed. I probably watched that hundreds of times before extreme close up, and I knew it was on there. But something about the Deuce performance is not as dark as watching you, which was like scary. You know, it it's probably has something to do with um exposed is like fun, lighthearted, yeah. silly, everything's bright, there's chicks with big tits, you know. And then, yeah, then and you then drop in a clip of Winterland. Yeah. Yeah, extreme close up is like them bearing their souls, like serious, dark, everything's black, and then they get into the and talking about the early days more yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I lastly, how how the fuck doesn't Tom like Let Me Go Rock and Roll? Such a feel-good song. Because it's just a bad Kiss song. That's it. <laughs> it's the same reason why I don't like Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. It's the same, it's the same kind of it's the same song. Yeah, it's uh eh, they're, they're, they're train, not, they're, kept, train kept the roll in. Yeah, they're not like bad songs per se. I say this all the time. They're not bad songs. It's just it's not what I want to hear from Kiss or Led Zeppelin. That's just not what I want to hear. And, and and it reeks of them aiming for some kind of pop success. It just doesn't seem, neither song seems genuine to me, but that's okay. Josh Brown, I would love to have this as an official soundboard for sure. This show, Kiss Raw, in the moment and hungry for the big time. You can see them working out their kinks of their live personas, but their sound is there. It's in your face rock and roll. As far as an encore, I don't think they had another closer other than Black Diamond. I can't fault them for doing rock and roll as a closing song. If I was in the band at this time, my thought would be open with Strutter, end the set with Black Diamond, encore mm. close with Deuce, the final dance at the end, Gene screaming the ending. Good night. As mm. always, great episode. Yeah, good idea. I like that. Yeah. Nice. 
over on our Instagram. We got a lot of comments over there this time. Swanee boy, two epic snowy 5014. I was there 15 years old. One of the what? support acts was a band called Third Rail. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And our buddy, I assume it's the same. Mickey Wild Ride. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Mick Watkins, his band is Wild Ride. Yeah. Excellent episode, gentlemen. Easily, in my opinion, the greatest Kiss performance captured on tape. I fucking love the 74-75 era of the band. No over-the-top costumes, no shitty merchandise. Just a (laughs) menacing, dark, evil, gritty streets in New York. Heavy metal band. I wish they were stayed on this trajectory. Mm, Nice. Tom, we're going to move over to... YouTube. You do. <laughs> Eddie Thompson, another great episode. I always look forward to the show. Top notch. Thanks for keeping the fun in your show. Ooh, I want the you. best. I got it. Thanks thank you. again. Thank you. Mark Stewart. I always felt the 1975 Kiss was awesome. They were a dangerous band. A lot better than what they became in the mid late seventies when they became characters. Mm. But in nineteen seventy five, they looked great, sounded great, and let the music do the talking. Seventy five will always be my favorite kiss. Love this discussion. I love the different eras yeah. that everybody picks up on. Yep, we grew up. I think Tom, I'm speaking for you. I correct me if I'm wrong, but we grew up with that middle three albums. And yeah, that's we grew up we in the we grew up in the Love Gun era, Love Gun yeah. Alive Two so, era, yep. Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over. I remember those covers. Yep. As I've said many times, when I got back at the Kiss, and I'm like, all right. So everyone talks about Alive. I looked at Alive. I'm like, I don't know any of these fucking songs. Exactly. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Mister Antonio, 2005. This is one of the great gems in Kiss live concert history. Awesome work, guys, with the play by play of each song. Pat Summerall and John Madden would be proud of your analysis. So, Tom, do you want to be the the drunk Irish politician Summerall? I want to be Madden. Or the fat fucking ice cream cone holding John Madden. Well, you see over there, see the quarterback there would be the ace frilly guy. You see, he just boom, pow, look at him and he puts his leg up. Bam, wow. Boom, he's on his back. Boom, he's on his back. The quarterback. And then Pat's always just be like, amazing. What a performance by yeah. Eugene. Hey, guys. <laughs> His, like, monotone. And their kick is good. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. Dude, put, a little, yeah, put a little fucking emotion in that vocals. They were the Jesus. best. They were the best. For all of our young listeners out there that don't know, go back and watch YouTube videos of Madden and Summerall doing football games. I don't know. Pat Summerall was brutal, dude. He was awesome. He was so monotone. No emotion in his voice. Vinatieri, 48 yards. It's through the uprights. They're Super Bowl champs. Boom. (laughs) We'll see you next year. (laughs) And then the whole whole time, if you're watching that Pat, uh, Pat Super Bowl 2001, I don't think they should be going for it. Yeah, they need to get out and go into overtime. Oh, yeah, the, his, yeah. Madden wanted Brady to take a knee. Yeah, yeah. Now Brady's taking a knee for fucking Giselle. Oh, he's putting Ooh. the jizz in Giselle, <laughs> <laughs> dude. How? Just think about that. He has like Giselle at home, like. I will give you anything. Beautiful life. Beautiful. I work. I will make more money than you. 
I'm like the biggest supermodel of all time. Now I'm going to play another fucking round of football. You know why? Because team this year and not make anything. Because I guarantee you, Giselle is Tom Brady's Sharon Osbourne. Tom, get over here. Stop (laughs) playing football, you motherfucker. Dude, just retire. I don't blame her. Like, what the fuck, dude? You what do you mean you don't back? blame her? Dude, he's not going to win shit this year. What are you coming back for? You're killing your legacy. Because he doesn't want to go home to her. Dude, I'll go home to her for dude, him. After Look, if you have a filet mignon every day, eventually you're like, oh, God, I just feel like a greasy cheeseburger. Uh, I don't want this filet mignon anymore. Dude, they're getting spicy. She's definitely pegging him and oh, fucking. St- oh, <laughs> stop, dude. <laughs> First of all, Brady's biggest fuck up was not sticking with Bridget Moynihan. She was the best. I love her. Yeah, but oh, now she's, she's got a big turkey neck and shit. Looks like eh. Mitch. Mc- looks like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> what um, the fuck is- <laughs> Stop it! He does not. We need to talk about your elder son. <laughs> is this Mitch McConnell? No, no, it's, it's your Bridget, Bridget Moynihan. Stop it. Then Giselle talks like a man. Oh, Giselle just fucking Rico Suave. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's like it's like a like a going into like this beautiful like Brazilian like tropical area if you go in her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, if you go, if you go <laughs> in her pants, yeah, it's like a fucking like beautiful like butterflies. How do you birds. know? Oh, she's just so could be like the fucking shallow end of a pool uh, at the Holiday Inn. You don't she's know. got like like cute little freckles around her. Oh, little right. Oh, pink, right. Around her pink flaps. Oh, she's got little freckles there. <laughs> what the oh, fuck is so, how long have so you been imagining? How long have you been oh. envisioning this? Oh, I would just sleep in there for like weeks. Oh, all right. Can we move on? Don't do it. Do we kiss? <laughs> Save this for dome damage. <laughs> Oh, sorry for the fish scent. Ooh, ooh. It's my Brazilian tacos. <laughs> oh, and my flaps are very fishy. Tom, is that why you want to play for those buccaneers? Dude, I can't. Man, she needs to clean out the tacos. Like, no. Not, Should we, no, uh, don't do this. Don't do this to fucking Giselle for me, please. She's not that hot. Oh, she's so beautiful. Perfect. She's she perfect. is absolutely not perfect. Perfect. She is perfect. not perfect. Oh, not save perfect. it for dorm damage when we do top 10. All right. You get the bang. I get the bang. And then, all right. Would you, would you bang? Would Sun- you, as a gesture, <laughs> bang Sonny Pooney to bang her? I can't believe you just asked that. You have to cut that out of the show. What? If your favorite celebrity that you get to bang her, but first you have to make out with Sonny and bang him. Uh, th- that is not <laughs> even an, a discussion. You are. Uh, uh, this is the end of Shout It Out Loudcast. The show's off the air. That's it. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking Sonny, like after a seven day kiss cruise, like, marinating in Honduras. Oh. Get that Belize air all around him. <laughs> Oof. What anyway, are we talking about? How did we get onto this? Jesus. <laughs> Something about Giselle getting oh. pegging Tom. Poor Tom. Oh, my God. Oh all my right. God. Let's go back to 
the comments here and I'll wrap these ones up. Um, Marty White, I first heard Crazy Nights in 1988. It was okay. Then I rented Exposed. I thought it was amusing. Then I got to Deuce at Winterland. It was intense, rough, dangerous. Gene was leaping around like a lunatic. Peter was banging away in a drum set that looked like it was going to fall apart. Two tits up for this show. <laughs> in the uncut version, at the end, Paul says to Ace, great dance moves, Ace. Ace says, thanks, Paul. <laughs> nice. Up. Uh, hit the theme music. Montreal Voots. Been a while since I posted, gents, but I've been listening and enjoying each episode. This one was fantastic. Your comments did not only capture the same childlike excitement, anticipation, and awe I feel when listening to any of those 73, 75 era shows, but they reveal why so many kissaholics undoubtedly feel the same way. Most fans discovered the group while at a young age or teens during the 77, 79 Kisses Everywhere era, while many others were drawn to the band as creatures led to the make-off period of the 80s arena rock. The early 90s produced the next generation of fans when Revenge was released, which saw fans go to Columbia House (laughs) and the band's 80s and 70s catalog. As this was pre-YouTube. YouTube? All these fans became student kiss cards when VHS was exposed. Confidential, extreme close-up. Cassettes teased them with short clips from the makeup years. We were all rewarded 96 rolled around, and the reunion show came to our city. Thanks, Paul. Uh, The desire to listen or holy shit watch or fuck me own a copy of the show from, from 73, 75 became an obsession from when... Many which fueled the Sam Loomis and Roy Dams of the eBay world to make some cash. And these shows did not disappoint. Instead, they provided audio visual of how ballsy, aggressive, and kick-ass the four guys were and provided such nonstop energy, regardless if they played in front of 40 or 4,000 as support act fans. And with the huge drum set or the colorful stage, Python's Cats, uh, hydraulic lifts that were to come one or two years later, just the four dressed in black rocking away. Therefore, generation of KISS fans mentioned above love watching those shows as this was the only period that likely only a few ever got to experience KISS live. And for those lucky enough to get that chance, they relived the what-the-fuck feeling they had at the time. Showing up for Blue Oyster Cult and seeing a human like Godzilla and Gene whip his tongue out side to side for 60 minutes while smiling like the Joker. Nice. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's been a while, Costa, so we wanted to make sure we read that. Thanks for the input, and we uh, always like your feedback. Tom, that's what I got. All right. Let's go to some emails here. Uh, We got a comment from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can comment direct from there. This is from our good friend, longtime fan, Jim Riley. We love Jim. I first saw footage from Winterland on Kiss Exposed. Hungry and raw, Kiss in black and white. Love Deuce and watching you. Semi turned off with the patty cake. (laughs) 
This was barely 75. The energy, music, and, and choreography was full on. Indeed, it was. And another one from our website. This comes from Bob Demler. Hey, guys, another fantastic episode. This concert for me is the essence of what KISS is about. I love the raw hunger of the band this early in their career. I agree with all the things you brought up about the performance, the look, the energy, the band teamwork, and the awkwardness of them working out their stage show, clapping and high fives. Zeus kept bringing up that the camera operator kept missing Ace's solos and Peter's vocals. I think this was probably due to the filming being done by Bill Graham's staff instead of KISS staff. Whoever was operating the camera was most likely not super familiar with KISS's shows. And let's face it, working in 1975, filming concerts in San Francisco probably involved a bit of drugs and alcohol. I really enjoyed this episode and the excitement you guys had in your voices when you were reviewing this concert. It took me right back to being 12 in the magic of discovering this era of the band. All right, Bob. Well said, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, America's favorite realtor checks in. Joey Romanek. Thank goodness he's safe from uh, Florida with a uh, hurricane. Man, what a great episode. I love hearing you guys talk about these big events in history. Winterland shows the band at a time before they became superheroes. and They were young and hungry. For guys our age who were born in the early 70s and got into KISS in that 77 to 79 era, Winterland will be something that looked old to us as kids. But now when I watch it, I imagine what it must have been like for kids that were born in the early 60s and were 15 years old or so in 75. Up until then, they were seeing bands like Zeppelin, The Who, The Stones, maybe Sabbath, all of whom would just sort of stand on stage and play. So imagine what it was like to see four guys jumping around, breathing fire, spitting blood, with levitating drum risers and flash pots in a club. Throw in the fact that the songs were amazing, and those kids must have walked out of those shows thinking, what the fuck did I just see? Mm -hmm. And that is why Kiss is Kiss. Also, I wanted to thank you both for checking in with me during Hurricane Ian. It meant a lot. We have friends and clients whose homes were totally destroyed. Scary times. Thank you for the birthday wishes also, as well as the loudcasters that posted on my Facebook page. 50 fuck i'm officially old peace out girl scout joey age is just a number my friend thank you for the message as always happy that you're safe and happy birthday again uh let's see our buddy johnny g happy birthday there joey god bless you joe wish you back say a prayer your Winterland 75 recap was spot on especially your take on peter's excellent playing during that time punk jazz drumming with an attitude Great analysis, fellas. Sounds like you two could have talked about that show all night long, which you probably have done in the past. Also, I was able to listen to the first two episodes of Dorm Damage. Good stuff, guys. It's the best spinoff since Facts of Life was created from different strokes. And don't deny that you two horny fucks didn't have a crush on all the girls on that show, including Natalie. Settle and down. Wait, wait. I mentioned Natalie when we taped Dorm Damage. Before he wrote that. That's right. That's talk That's about getting spooky. inside our talk about getting inside our brain. Yes. One more thing. Just wait until those tools over at three kicks to the groin. Hey, your new dorm damage <laughs> podcast. I predict a creative new podcast from them with the name college chaos. <laughs> they won't be the only ones. Believe me, man. I love busting their balls. Anyways, keep up the outstanding work. Thanks for keeping us loudcasters and Patreons laughing our Passes off. All right. Awesome. And that's what I got for emails. All right. Let's end this. I got one more, Tom. Okay. This is from our buddy, Nige Savage. Yeah. Guys, I took your advice and watched the concert while listening to the episode. 
as I've mentioned, I'm more of an 80s kiss guy, and I've never watched this before. And holy fuck, this gig was mind blowing. They look genuinely dangerous, edgy, and explosive. This performance makes it totally understandable that for fans whose first exposure to Kiss was during this period, everything that followed would be pale into significance by comparison. Amazing stuff. And thanks for yet another fun and interesting episode, guys. And Nige for that and for just being hilarious and realizing that Automatic for the People is a brilliant album. Um, You, my friend, our comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> All right, Nige, buddy. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And Tom, before we do our usual shout out to our patron guys, want a little bit of point of personal privilege here. You know, we just did feedback. And again, we're back at the point where we're like, hey, we got to cut back on feedback. We got to cut back. Well, we have. And we're trying to do a little bit more. We'll probably cut back a little bit more. The feedback problem is a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. We always appreciate you guys commenting and being part of the show. As we always say, you are part of the show. Uh, That being said, there's pros and cons with all the feedback we get. Some of this shit, God bless you guys. Some of this shit is just fucking way over the top. We've had over five recent requests for people to get their own theme music. Hey, can you do your theme theme music for me when I comment? Like, guys, come on. Uh, First of all, I don't have the time to do that shit. I don't want to fucking do theme music now. You want me to add more? Mm -hmm. Like, there's just way too much of shit. And and I'll just end with this too the the point of feedback is to keep the episode from the previous week alive keep it going get some interaction get some thoughtful comments i think some people lost sight of what feedback is because we're obviously not going to name names but we're hearing from people that are saying that they're not in interacting with us in terms of feedback because we're not reading them on the show okay the point of feedback is not for you to like have like open mic night on shouted out loudcast. I mean, we, we love the feedback, but we can't get to every single comment. It's a nice problem to have, but if, if we're not reading you, it, it doesn't mean that you should stop giving feedback. Yeah. You exactly. know, we, 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 we see every bit of feedback that comes our way, every bit of it, but we can't read every section of it because feedback is already kind of long. We're trying to cut it back and get to the episode if we read every single solitary comment, that would be the whole episode. So continue to interact. Don't say, well, you're not reading me, so I'm not going to comment anymore. That's not what it's all about. Yeah. And we also try to make our threads and give everybody a chance to comment. Nobody wants to see a 15 fucking back and forth comment and stuff between two people. Yeah. This fucking album sucks. You suck. No, you suck. Yeah. Well, you like this shitty band. Well, I like this shitty band. Well, 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 like, Come on. So there are some times I think you guys get the point. We see shit and I'm like, we see I'm, not, it all. I'm not fucking engaging. It all. Yeah. I'm not engaging this shit. I'm not gonna let this fucking shit just drag on and on. And on. But occasionally you guys will say something. And if you're funny and if it's negative, but it's funny, of course, fucking play along. Absolutely. But I'm not listening to fucking 
a bunch of open mic night fucking sunny wannabes about all oh, this fucking album. I want to fucking tear my car off the road. Dude, go ahead. Do the world a favor because I guarantee you, <laughs> if I look through your timeline, I will pick out fucking shit that make me want to say the same thing. But guess what I do? I don't go to your timeline and I don't go, oh, that's a fucking stupid album. You're stupid for liking that. <laughs> Those that feel the need to jump on, oh, I didn't even listen. This band sucks. Good luck. You know, oh, I don't want to talk. Oh, well, here's my another favorite one, Tom. Hard pass. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight because I didn't get your fucking feedback. Like, mm-hmm. well, who cares? If you have something to say, say it. And if you have something negative, say, listen, I can't tell. T- uh, I can't take the guitar tones on this. I This guy's voice grates on me. I met this guy in person. He's been a fucking asshole. You know, I get it. Make those comments. Engage. Interact. You don't have to like everything. But the fucking, I'm going to be giddy. I don't like this. And I'm going to jump on everything. and be Like, fucking, of course, we're not going to engage in you. It's not fucking like we don't want our fucking timelines like overrun with stupid shit. Yeah, it's not a pissing match on the timeline. Yeah, it's like no one cares. You want to say something directly to us? We've never shut down DMs. Oh, God, so no. Anyone that's like, oh, you know, I, I, I got a feeling like I didn't want to make a comment. Fucking DM us then. We we get it's DMs so a lot. We get DMs a lot for that exact reason. People say, "Hey, I didn't want to put this on your timeline because I didn't feel like having you know twenty people jump on my comments." And so you know, and then it becomes a one on one, which is fine. Guys, we love the engagement. We just yes. got to fucking have this expression and and tell you guys where we're at because we've got a couple of stuff, especially with the REM thing. All you guys, I don't need to convert everybody into being an REM fan. That's fine. But I don't need the same fucking morons going over and over and over again. Keep telling us. <laughs> because I'll take th- your fucking timeline and I'll look at the shitty bands you like and I'll do it. That's why we do this show to put on stuff that we want to do and have fun with it. And if you don't like and if you don't like something and like and have a like kind of an analysis about it, like, you know, I, I just it's just not my style of music. It's kind of depressing. I'm not a big fan. All right, whatever. Yeah. But just just. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It just and, and guys, we want you guys to open up and you can fucking DM us anything you want to say. We don't give a fuck. It's not a big deal for us. We'll be okay. That's right. We can handle it. That's right. But it's a good problem to have because we talked about this a little while back. Tom and I and were like, you know, the more the show grows, the more <laughs> we're going to start getting shit. That's going to be either frustrating or overwhelming or too much to do. Or, you know, we take a good thing like what we like feedback and now it becomes like, and I don't want that. I don't want it to become a drag. Exactly. So, guys, we hope you understand. And uh, please reach out to us if you want to. Okay. Now, before we do anything else, we got a shout out to our favorite people in the world. And that is our Patreon family. They support this uh, podcast. They go out of their way. We've done our, the the <laughs> the leading up to the selection for the album review crew, which should be dropping next month, has been hilarious. It has been so much fun, and uh, I, I we can't thank you guys enough. In the interim, 
we've had some new members join us, Tom. Mm-hmm. And this week, we have two new members. Oh, boy. Just before we got on, Lucas from Maine became a Spaceman member of our Patreon account. Prior to that, Tom, your favorite curmudgeon. I love him. Tony our- from Restrained became a Patreon member. Tony Kiss Crew's cabin mate is now a Patreon. And to quote him, I think, well, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, I jumped in so I could fucking help you assholes pick a better album for fucking <laughs> album review crew. And I'm like, too late. Look what was picked. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. So Lucas Remain, Tony from Restrained. Thank you guys. Greatly appreciate every little thing helps. Um, Tony will give you a little bit of a, a sucky, sucky long time in the cruise. Um, Lucas from Maine, uh, you guys um, will get some little perks and merch coming your way. Thank you for joining. Uh, we appreciate it. The help goes a long way. And if you're interested in helping the show, join our Patreon family, different tiers, different levels. Um, and we try to keep you guys very engaged and involved in the show. And there's little trinkets, souvenirs, novelties, and party, party tricks. tricks. So we try to provide that for you too as well. You can go to the Patreon app. You can go to patreon.com. Or the best place to find out more about Patreon is go to our awesome website right there on the front. You see the Patreon logo. You click on that. It's right next to the Amazon store logo. Click on that. Those are two ways you can help us out. Patreon members, thank you. Yeah, you guys are the best. We can't thank you enough. Lucas from Maine and, of course, our buddy Tony. We can't thank you guys enough for joining the Patreon family. Much, much appreciated. And, uh, Tony, maybe you'll get a little Patreon package from us on the Kiss Cruise. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe you'll get get the Platinum Patreon package. But seriously, thank you guys so much. Much appreciated. Yes, along with Tracy. Is the fourth member. Poor Tracy. What is she doing? What is she getting herself into? My God. Yikes. Yes. Ooh, yes. It's going to be crazy. Yep. Yep. So thank you guys. Greatly appreciate it. And let's find out what's going on in Kiss World, if anything. All right. So not much going on in Kiss World right now. We're recording on Wednesday, the 5th. On Friday, the 7th, they'll be doing the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, California. And then after that, they got nothing until the cruise. Uh, week one of uh, the cruise the 24th week two is our week then they do a show in november in tokyo and then a festival in mexico in december that's it no new dates have been added to the official kiss website so there's nothing going on uh the rent i was just gonna the rent motherfucker (laughs) ain't nothing going on but the rent got to have j-o-b if you want to be Uh, yeah, so just people getting fight up for the crew. I can't believe I, I'm looking at the count like, holy shit, we got to like fucking soon. <laughs> I can't yeah, believe we it. just did our booze package like we're at the last final stages. Holy fuck. Wait, you mean the corks and <laughs> caps, whatever the fuck it is? <laughs> There'll be a lot of cork sucking on this. Cruise. <laughs> yeah, Tony, that's your Patreon bonus. You're gonna be getting some fucking corks and caps late night. yeah so well with that tom let's take a quick little break while i uh 
gather my uh, sexy little lingerie together for uh, a surprise for Tony, Tracy, and Tom. Holy shit. Three T's. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. All right, we're back, and it is proven. I did all the scientific work. Bridget Moynihan's harder than Giselle. Oh, listen, good old turkey neck is not hotter turkey than neck. Stop it, Mitch McConnell. That's she a, used to be really hot. What a hor- what a horrendous correlation. She's got a turkey neck. Oh, all right. Anyway, Tom, uh, we do this once a year. We pick an album. From a KISS member that uh, in his non-KISS era. So we've done in the past, Vinnie Vincent Invasion's All System Go. We did uh, Paul Stanley, uh, Then and Now, the Soul Station album. And we also did Ace Frehley's <laughs> Trouble Walking. I have Th- trouble walking. Thanks, Paul, for helping me walk. <laughs> God bless you, brother. So this is actually the first one that we've done 
for a Kiss member before being in Kiss. Correct. Yes. Yes. And uh, this is and that, and this. Yeah, this is the album. Before, this is before Jakey Lee joined Kiss, right? This is this is what this album is. Badlands. Jake, Jakey Lee, right? Jake, Jake, who do you work for, Jake? <laughs> well, he worked for Moifa, Mayflower. He worked for Moise. I worked oh. for Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> Jake worked for a lot of places. So we're going to do a, an album review. It will not be the fucking three-hour album review on this. No. But we're going to do an album review on Badlands. Okay? Yes. So thanks, thanks to Eric Singer's contributions. Yes. Correct. The current Catman of Kiss. <sighs> That's pissing That's people off. Call it. I know. I know. I've I know. never referred to him as the cat. Me like, oh, the Ever. cat. Me. Like, Ever. I do not think of it. I think I feel guilty saying that. He's Eric no, Singer. He's, 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 he's playing the, drummer the role of Kiss. Yeah, he's the yeah. drummer of Kiss. He's playing the role of Peter Chris. It is, yeah. it is. fine. That's right. Yeah. Right. So um, the band itself comes from, uh, I believe it was Ray Gillen and Jake E. Lee. <laughs> Can't say Jake. Who would you work with? Jake. Yeah, Jake. Um, Jakey Lee, who everyone knew was originally in rap, but no one really remembers that part of him. He was the guy that made it onto the Aussie albums after Randy Rhodes. So he was on uh, Bark at the Moon. He was on uh, Ultimate Sin. Mm-hmm. And just like Randy Rhodes would have been fired at some point because they're like, dude, you're taking all my songwriting credits him and bob daisley them constantly getting fucked over because they weren't getting the credits and then when they speak up a little he got shit canned by sharon fuck off jake get the fuck out of (laughs) here and so he got shit canned uh at the time uh our good friend eric singer and ray gillen we're touring on Seventh Star, the Black Sabbath album that was going to be a Tony Iommi solo. And then the, the label's like, no, 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 put Black Sabbath on that. And that's, that, that's, think- the one with that, that's the one with that cover of him with that handsome mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and the mustache off with Carmine Apice he was doing then. And uh, I think at the time, Eric played on it, but Ray Gillen was brought in and toured on it. Mm-hmm. So the next album was going to call the internal idol. And then they both left or got fired or whatever. So Ray Gillen and Eric Singer didn't play on that one. Talk with Jake, Jake, who should you use? <laughs> Jake, who should we work with Jake? <laughs> yeah. You need a driver there, buddy. Who's this? this is Jake calling about the job driving. I saw it in the paper. Yes. Yeah. Well, you still need a driver. What? Uh, did you set up to catch with us, Jake? Pardon me. Huh? Speak up there. What did you say? <laughs> oh, jeez. I work for Ozzy. I, I work, I work for, for Alice Cooper. I work for Lita. I work. <laughs> so they ended you up. Realize, you realize you're going to have to drop that in here so people know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Jake. Jake. Okay, Jake. Um, and then another guy named Greg Chason. Not to be mm-hmm. confused with the late great defenseman of the Detroit Red Wings and Carolina Hurricanes, Steve Chason. <laughs> okay. A legend in NHL 94-5. That's right. Right? That's right. Uh, big big slap shot from the point. Yeah. Tried out for he tried out for Aussie, so he probably met Jake then as well. So the four of them formed Bad Lands. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh the album came out May 11th, 1989, self-titled debut. 
It uh, went to number 57 on the U.S. billboards. Uh, it was produced by a guy named Paul O'Neill, who was a pencil neck geek who played for the Yankees. <laughs> fucking hated that guy. Had a fantastic cameo, though, in that Seinfeld episode. Oh, fuck What'd you do that for? It's really hard to hit two home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when he said, yeah, in six games? <laughs> yeah. Man? No, no, no. That's no. That's when he. That's when. That's when Costanza's talking to Derek Jeter. He's like, "We won the World Jeter Series." Bernie Williams. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, like, he's like, "But we won the World Series." Yeah, in six games. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Paul O'Neill's in the episode with the with the little kid in the hospital, and Kramer oh, Kramer right. Kramer tells the kid that he, he's like, "Yeah, Paul O'Neill's going to hit two home runs." What'd you tell him that for? <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul O'Neill, the producer, he uh, produced all the, I believe, all the Trans Siberian Orchestra stuff. A favorite of yours, too, Sabotage, Metal <laughs> Church. And he did produce those Aerosmith live albums, Classic Live 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, the album, like I said, went at the number 57 U.S. Billboard 200. It's considered number 35 on the 50th great hair metal albums from Rolling Stone. Mm. Can we, so can this we, can is can not we, hair metal. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say, can we talk, can we talk about that for a minute? This is it, not hair metal. At all, at all, nothing to do with here. The, oh, if you, the only thing we'll get to it. There's one song on here that hints at hair metal. Hints at it's hair. It's just metal. in that era, and it's this it's is just, not hair metal. Yeah, it's in the era where hair metal was the top of the game, so they yep. included exactly. Um, it made it to number 27 top 30 hair metal albums from Loudwire. And it made it to number 43 top 50 glam metal albums from Metal Rules. Glam metal? Uh, this is yeah. please. And the, but, the album, the album is uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into this too because you know, you're a CD guy, I'm a vinyl guy. Yes. Uh, the album the album is famous and notoriously difficult to get because it's out of print. It's uh not available on streaming. And there's been a bunch of stories about why it's out of print and why it's so hard to get the CD you can find, you're going to be paying a lot more for it. And the vinyl is notoriously almost impossible to get. If you want to spend ridiculous amounts of money on it. Now I have a problem with spending ridiculous amounts of money on vinyl. I was lucky enough to find a copy of this that in the world of badlands vinyl would be considered quote unquote cheap. Okay. I ended up finding it from a guy in Italy. Hello, <laughs> friends. Would you like Badlands on vinyl? Is that David Zanet? <laughs> um, so it, it's it's notoriously difficult to get. And we, we got a little information here mm-hmm. from our uh, buddy Eddie Trunk back when on his show and he was on that metal show. Everybody knows the show we do with Jim Florentine and um, Don Jameson. So he had Jakey Lee and Greg Chase on on. Uh, because at the time they were talking about Jakey Lee's new band, Red Dragon Cartel. Mm-hmm. And Eddie said, quote, I would never make something like this up, but I've been told by a number of people who have tried to license these Badland records and quickly have had the license pulled in a matter of a couple of weeks. And it happened just recently, less than a year ago. Now, this is from like 2014, this interview. There's a label in England called Rock Candy Records that remastered and reissued the first two Badlands records. I know the A&R people who did the licensing, and within two weeks after the releases coming out, the licenses were pulled and were suspended. And I was told that the reason they were given is because Ray was very sick, and in the end, he died of AIDS, and he had infected some women. 
AIDS. Was as, yeah, exactly. Mr. Johnson, you have AIDS. He goes, AIDS. And it was as a concession to the families that were impacted by this that they were told those records would not be on shelves anymore. Jakey Lee jumped in t- up, up and pretty much said, I don't understand how that helps them in any way. Greg Chason says, exactly. Jakey Lee says, I would say, give me proof. Anybody who could say they were infected by Ray? I mean, how do we even know that? And then during the interview, both Jakey Lee and Greg Chason seemed to be uncomfortable with the allegations. And within a few minutes of Trunk's comments, Jakey Lee says, I got a pee. And he got up and left the interview. <laughs> so that is pretty much the story. Now, look, we've had Eddie Trunk on a few times. We've also been very critical of some of the stuff that Eddie says. Um, but I'm of the mindset that there's very few people in the world that know what's going on with A&R and publishing and licensing than Eddie. I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm saying that if that's the reason, that's insane, but that's okay. I just wanted to get that out there because I know there's a black cloud over this album about why you can't get it and why it's not on streaming. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, Supposedly he gave a bunch of women AIDS and he wasn't protecting himself. And so wouldn't their estate be looking for money? Uh, That's that's exactly the why you should be pushing for the records to sell. Yeah, uh, but again, I don't know. I don't they know. They said something along the that the families made an agreement with the record company that they won't push this album. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. Dude, I, I don't know the background of the story of this. Michael Jackson albums aren't leaving the shelves. Uh, they're still being stocked. So are R. Kelly's. So are the fucking guy, the the diddler guy with that uh rock and roll, whatever the fucking guy that his song plays. Gary Glitter. Yeah, like that yeah. shit's not leaving. So this, it's bad if it's true, but that's not as bad as some of the stuff. It doesn't make sense why the record wouldn't be published. But again, Eddie's claiming that he knows that knows this. And this was a story that came out, you know, years back. I just wanted we wanted to bring it up because we know that when everybody talks about Badlands and how it's like, how, how did you find that? I can't get it anywhere. And that's yeah. pretty much the story that's out there about why. Yeah. Now, Eric Singer was only on the first album. He left after this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There were stories I read that he got fired, that he left, and he joined, I don't know, somebody else's band at the time. But regardless, so we're talking about this one album. And if this came out in 1989, you guys got to understand the way this album is overall, the sound and everything. <laughs> 1989 was like that era was kind of a big thing for the Zeppelin revival and Zeppelin love that was out there. You had that kingdom come band, you know, mm-hmm. white snake dominating the charts. Even Robert plant was putting out stuff. Jimmy was kind of doing his own thing too. So that bluesy white snake Zeppelin sound. And this is what you get from this badlands album. Yeah. And it's you, not hair metal. Yeah, you had 89 was interesting cuz cuz a lot of these bands were trying to sh- were sh- shifting away from that real poppy polished glammy hair metal sound because you had an album you had like the cult had Sonic Temple which was not fucking hair metal very raw hard rock yeah, album. This you isn't Mo- Cherry Pie. You had Motley Crue with Dr. Feelgood a lot heavier and rawer, thicker, fuller production. Badlands is the same way, but the difference between Badlands, this is not hair metal. 
This, if you are a fan of hair metal, which we certainly are, you know that the Badlands, this album is not hair metal. Yeah. It's just that late 80s blues Zeppelin infused rock. Yeah, you they get lumped in. That's just yep. that's yep. how it was. So first, let's talk about, you know, how we found this album. I had found it as soon as this video uh, Dreams in the Dark went like shot up onto MTV's requested and Headbangers Ball and everywhere. I was like, look at this band. It it fit visually and ear wise. It it hit everything. I'm like, holy shit. This looks like a legit band. Went out, bought the CD the day it came out. And I must have put on all my mixtapes, Dreams in the Dark on everything. Love the song. Bought it back then. I uh, had the album, played it a few times, only went back to the songs that I kind of really liked, and then just put it on the shelf. And hence, the whole revival of Kiss, doing the podcast, I started playing it a little more and fell more in love with it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to lose some Kiss credibility here. I got this CD last year <laughs> for the first time in my life because I never heard of this band you didn't and I, hear dreams in the dark i heard i heard the song dreams in the dark i knew nothing about the band yeah and this is weird because in 1989 this was this was my wheelhouse like how, how like i don't know how i didn't have the cd i don't know how i wasn't obsessed with the band the only thing i really knew about badlands is when eric singer joined kiss and they kept talking about him and badlands they kept talking about this album but i never and, and i think maybe the difficulty of trying to get the album maybe that that kind of it caused some of the problems too. Maybe not at that time when it was published in 89. Uh, but yeah, I, I will admit I'm late to the party on Badlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you get it, get into it. I think um, Ray was dead by 93. Yeah. So maybe that's when it started like coming off the shelf and nobody was b- putting this type of music out there at that point anyway. Like this yeah, was it, had it, fall, it, fallen out of favor by this point. It was, it was, it, and it's too bad because th- this, this 89, 90 era was had some really kick-ass rock, like rock yeah. albums, but yeah. it was a transition period for this kind of music. And then we have the album cover, Tom mm-hmm. uh, cover looks like a traditional publicity shot of the band. It looks decent. Like black and white. I think pretty normal. I I kind of like it. Cause it's not glammy. It's, it's all, you know, they all, they're all dressed in black. It's kind of like, Black and white, kind of sepia tone, kind of. They're all just kind of looking like, yeah, we're in a band. What are you going to do about it? You know, like. And they're not, not dressed ridiculously, nope. wearing stupid nope. clothes or making stupid hand gestures. Or, no. And if you don't know anything about them, you think that maybe this band is kind of, you know, kind of a little bit badass, which you listen to the album, you find out that they are. Yeah, they um, fit in that Black Crows mold look, you know. Eh, I don't know about Black Crows, but. Just oh, not, I would not, say so. Like, not, like that not stripped down. They don't have like they're not stripped down like faster pussycat by this point. No. Or LA guns. They're not LA sleaze. No. I, I'm telling you, I I, I feel well, maybe they're not as 70s like black crows, but I just feel like they're they've got that stripped down look, not glammy at all, just long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, yep. Anyways, let's get into the tracks. First track, here we go. Yeah, 
man, high wire. What a fucking intro to the world right here. Incredible, incredible riff to start off the album. Right off the bat, you know this is something different. You know, like you said, this is not poison. This is not warrant. This is not what this is something that is different. It's hard. It's heavy. The production is fantastic. Ray's voice, fucking insane here. Jakey Lee's riffs, his guitars are incredible. It's got a, a killer groove right off the bat. You're like, these guys are here to just play some ballsy old school blues based hard rock. And I mean, this song right here, I, I hear Highwire and Dreams in the Dark on satellite radio. And of course, they play them on Hair Nation, which is stupid, but that's okay. Uh, but just what an incredible, I mean, Jakey Lee is fucking supremely underrated to begin with. And he shines on this album. I'll get it out of the way now. But this riff right here, whoo, high wire, baby. Yeah, it's a very bluesy high wire written by Jakey Lee and Ray Gillen. Very bluesy. Nice riff. Great voice. The drums are pretty cool. I, I Nice solo. And then there's a lot of this feels so good. It's very 70s. Very 70s. Free, Zeppelin, 70s, White Snake, yep. Deep Purple, Bad Company. These are the uh, bands that I'll probably mention over and over again. That's what the kind of sounds comes to me. Uh, a lot of Robert Plant-like vocals and David Coverdale stuff. Uh, but that last note when he hits on High Wire. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. I'll be honest with you. I don't know anything about Ray Gillen's stint in Black Sabbath. I, I, he I just have- did the tour. No, I know, but I like, but I checked out at that time. So I, I don't, again, I don't know anything about Ray Gillen. Uh, I never checked than, uh, into Black Sabbath. So. Well, yeah, okay. All right. I got you. Um, the outro guitar. Dun, 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 dun. It's like Heartbreak, the, that Heartbreaker solo yep. from Zeppelin 2. When, when the drums come in and the guitar, dun, dun, like, mm-hmm. it, and so, like, there's a lot of songs like that that come to mind. Very good way to open up an album. Incredible opener. Yep. Let's go to song number two. in the dark the big big radio hit um made for radio and i gotta tell you after spending so much time with this album in preparation for this episode i'm not gonna say it's the best song on the album maybe i will later on but this the hook in this song i couldn't get it out of my head it's incredible awesome bridge right into the chorus the solo is incredible 
again, Ray Gillen's voice, this band, and I read some articles about how people were saying when they saw Badlands live, and Zeus and I did not see Badlands live. I'm sure somebody out there listening did, and they could tell us. But some of the stuff that I read about Badlands when they performed live, they said that this band was just tight as a drum and just sounded incredible when they were performing. Um, And I could see that here. I feel like this is the kind of song that if another big band, well-known band, had done this it would have skyrocketed up the charts because it it's it's an undeniable radio friendly rock hit it's a fantastic song extremely catchy uh so this is written by most of the album was written by except where i'll i'll note uh jakey lee regulant and the producer paul o'neill so this is the song that introduced me to the band i saw it on mtv requested videos or headbangers ball wherever it debuted and i'm like i went out and bought it the pre-chorus is awesome. Sing mm-hmm. your sweet seats. Oh my. It's the, amazing. It's so this is the stuff that annoys me because sometimes you've got people that'll put this into uh that hair metal category. There's no fucking like they're no. they're they're this is way more sophisticated mm-hmm. than a hair metal album. Now, some of those hair metal albums uh I absolutely love and I love it for what they are, and they're yeah. brilliant. So although I'll joke about cherry pie, I still have, there's a place for it. Yep. But this is a lot more sophisticated. It's cool and it's fun. The pre-solo definitely sounds like Jake from Ultimate Sin. Mm-hmm. Um, like that type of guitar. Dun, 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 dun. It sounds like the, the pre-solos. And it sounds like a lot of the work he does in... Uh, like Shout in the Dark and Ultimate Sin, the songs like that. The the drums after the solo is great when they slow everything down and you can like hear Eric hitting the cymbals and stuff. Oh, he does a great job on them. And the vocals are off the charts. Um, the video. So it's a performance video. The band yep. looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. When I saw this, this is one of those things. I knew this is fucking different. Yep. Like when I saw that band play this song, I'm like, that guy singing, whoever the fuck he is, that guy's a rock star. How do I not know who he is? Like the first thing little Zeus would have done back then <laughs> is go right onto Wikipedia and be like, who's this guy? I need to yep. find out where he's been because yep. this guy's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is a rock star frontman. The vocals, the presentation, dude. He gives like Kip Winger a run for his money for with his good looks. Absolutely, no oh doubt. Oh my god, this yep. guy is just fucking. Yep. Woo. Yep. Anyway, I I like to say, and I know we give him a hard time. Eric looks like he's enjoying himself. Absolutely, he looks he looks awesome. He sounds awesome. I, I yeah. totally agree. Yep. Uh, it's a straight, it's a straightforward video. Hmm. It's not, it's not, I just pictured Jakey Lee. Last videos I did was bark at the moon. Oh God, remember <laughs> that? Yeah. Think of, about how fucking animated that is, or, or or my other favorite, so tired. If you ever see that video, yep. Oh mind. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like a lot of stupid gimmicks. Here is just a performance video, and I think it looks great. It sells the song more. Yep. All right, let's go to track number three, which is the instrumental. Thank you. 
Yep, this is Jade's song. Uh, I like instrumentals. I'm a big fan. This is very, very beautifully written, very Zeppelin-esque, very something that you'd hear off maybe Zeppelin 3, you know, very acoustic, but it's it's got a very, very pretty harmony to it. Um, it's quick, you know, I like it. Uh, it is what it is. It's just there. It's about a minute or so long. Uh, but as far as instrumentals go, I like it. Jade's song is just written by Jakey e. Lee. It's instrumental about a minute and 22 seconds. Yep. I think it's about his daughter. I think his daughter's name is Jade. Okay. So it's a nice little, beautiful little melody, a uh, little classical kind of guitar, almost mm-hmm. a little D ish, but an extended version of it. That's what I thought of too. I thought of D from Blizzard. Yeah, Bells, like yeah. classical music type yep. of stuff. Yep. Uh, it is what it is. It's a nice little, little, a nice little ditty. But what I like is that it, it leads right into the next song almost mm-hmm. that gets a combination. And that's the next song, track number four. Winter's Call. How fucking good is this song? Let me count the ways. Um, oh, God, this song just checks off every fucking box. I mean, I, when I listen to this, I'm like, this is probably the best song that Led Zeppelin never wrote. Uh, this, 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 the, the introduction is incredible. The soulful intro with the acoustic guitar, Ray's voice. And when that riff comes in 
and just blows your face off with that groove, that driving groove with that bass line. Eric Singer keeping the groove going with the drums. Ray is just incredible vocally with this. And one of my favorite parts of the song is when when Ray starts wailing all your love and he starts throwing in the mama like Robert Plant. Robert Plant always used to throw in mama. And then Eric Singer just starts going nuts on it. And then and then the song kind of kind of calms down. And then there's like this little groove in the outro where the bass line is keeping it going and the drums. It's it's just a fucking fantastic fantastic song so many different sections to it but that riff combined with ray's voice is just oh my god i don't know i don't know how this song wasn't huge i get that dreams in the dark was a hit very radio friendly mtv friendly this song right here is just ah what a missed opportunity for a huge hit winter's call written by jakey lee ray gillen and somebody named alex gonzalez um jade like i said jade bleeds into this um just love the bluesy slow builds. I really do. Me too. Um, and hence, that's why I like a lot of the grunge stuff. And that's what's kind of coming, foreshadowing what's going to come up in the 90s. That acoustic guitar into rock. Um, very white snaky. It's not yeah. as, so much as Zeppelin. And I think the drums are great. A little bring it on home-ish. Mm-hmm. The solo is good. That's a sitar, as I heard, that he's playing on the outro. Yeah, well, in that part, when, when Ray's when Ray's screaming that all your love part, you can hear that that sitar in the background as well. Yeah, and there's a little mandolin playing keyboards as well. the vo- The vocals, by the way, are fucking insane. Oh yeah, he is a great singer. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, and this song is just a great, great type of uh, built up uh, song that we like, and we always get into those kind of songs. We're suckers for those. Um, there was a video. The video, uh, I don't know, fucking, they're in the woods, there's fire, there's a girl in white running, it's a performance video, but the close-up of Ray, I'm like, god damn it, he's a good-looking man. It's sad, it's sad yeah. it's that that this is what, what the future held for him, but he could have been a, such a huge star, and yep. he looked like a rock star. But anyways, the song is just a performance video, them in the woods and fire and stupid shit. Yeah, I mean the video kind of fits the theme, you know, winter's call, and it's kind of kind of, kind of got that moody groove, and you know, you're in the woods, and it, it, it's it, the the video fits it, the it fits your eyes and your ears are kind of feeling and seeing the same thing with the with the way the video is made with the song. So it's a nice job, and you're right, Ray Ray was just tailor made to be a rock star. It's a it's a shame. It's a shame yep. what happened, but because yep. he, he he had it all, he had the the voice and the looks. So yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't like a short guy too. He was pretty tall. Yeah. Yep. Size, so he wasn't a little guy like Dio or something, you know. Oh God. Hello. <laughs> Anyways, next track. <laughs>
So we shift gears here. This is dancing on the edge. So I like this because this is showing you that the band can do something a little bit different. Yeah, they can do the slow, bluesy, moody groove stuff, uh, which is fantastic. We fucking love it. But right here, they can turn it up a notch and speed it up and go, go upbeat and uh, just kind of rock out with their cock out if they want. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great song. Again, we're going to say it again, and it's sorry for the broken record. Ray's voice, to me, is an instrument in itself here when, when he's screaming that chorus dancing on the, I mean, it, it's the thing I like about a song like this is that it shows you that, a, that this band is so skilled that they can do a song like winter's call and then follow it up with a song like dance on the edge. Great song. Yeah. Uh, dance on the edge written by Jakey e. Lee, Ray Gillen and Paul O'Neill. It's a nice little riff. This is a, just a straightforward rocker. Yep. Uh, another good solo. That's like, like I could see Rat doing a song like this, yeah. just different vocal style and stuff. But it's cut that straightforward. It's not bluesy, but it, it, you know it's a decent song. Um, anyways, let's go to the next track. freedom okay settle down with the lyrics in the streets crying freedom relax um i like the 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 structure of the song i like how it starts off with a with a quiet bit of an intro you know very moody ray kind of painting the picture uh and then of course he just starts screaming um i i the lyrics i'm having a hard time I, i i try not to hang my hat on lyrics too often but this is the, the, musically, the song can kind of lift itself up and get past the kind of cheesiness of the lyrics. But the thing I like about this, I like how the song shifts gears kind of midway, two thirds of the way through, and it turns into an up tempo, like ripping song with a solo that I can't tell. It sounds like there's like some slide guitar going on. There's something going on that just makes it extremely unique. And that whole second half or 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 that final section where it speeds up, I kind of I think kind of saves it. Um, but again, this band is so talented and Ray is so awesome that 
all of that kind of makes up for some of the lyrics that are a little bit eh. All right. Streets Cry Freedom, Jakey e. Lee, Ray Gillen, Paul O'Neill. One thing we really haven't talked about are the lyrics. The yeah. lyrics are good. They're nothing great. They're not groundbreaking. In They're general, good. you mean on the album yeah. in general? Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. general. I agree. Right? The lyrics I agree. are fine. They're nothing yeah. embarrassing or anything like that. They're decent. No. no. Um, on this one, this is a little bit Aerosmithy. And what I mean by Aerosmith, I think of Draw the Line, that whole. And then that part where the before they pick up at the end of Draw the Line and say, and it just keeps done. And it's just the tempo changes a few times throughout this song, which makes it an interesting listen. I love that. I love that it's not just everything, blah, here you go, take it. Right. Uh, The solo is decent as well. Um, the vocals, he's just got a great voice. Oh my God. What can you say? It's a, it's a fucking repetitive theme here, but, uh, streets cry freedom is a good, strong song. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the next one. driver so i like how we talk about track listing a lot we talk about when we do albums here and then also on arc i think track listings can really make or break an album i think they can really help an album i think so far on this one i think it's really helping the album because you're mixing up the upbeat rockers you had dance on the edge then you kind of pull back and you got streets cry freedom and now you get hard driver another upbeat one um this album i think it really showcases the balls of the band in terms of them just being a really really blues based hard rock band they can turn up the tempo when they have to they showed us that on dance on the edge um great solo by jakey i mean he's just ripping it up um it just just kind of a balls to the wall just fast-paced rocker really kind of you know meat and potatoes kind of uh song which is nice after a song like streets cry freedom that had a bunch of little you know mixed pieces in there so 
Hard Driver, a good one. Hard Driver, written by Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen, and Paul O'Neill. Nice drum opening on this one in guitar. They start off a little Eric Singer. Uh, Another straightforward rocker, Tom. Yep. This, This and Dancer on the Edge, the two ones that kind of, boom, straightforward rocks. Rock song you'd find on most uh, bands in during that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, vocals again on point. Uh, it's uh, technically, I believe, the first song on side two as well. If you're going back to the old days, okay. Uh, it's a nice way to open up. Nice rocker. So that's what I got there. Let's move on to the next track. Train. So now we're really getting into the blues. Really slow blues groove here. Um, very, very cool song for me. Ray's voice, he's really bringing home that bluesy sound. Kind of has that growl, that grumble when he needs to do it. Um, the thing about a song like this, as much as I like it, I was hoping that it would, because some of their other songs like progressed. Um, I mean, this progressed in terms of it probably has my favorite solo on the album. Jakey Lee's fucking on fire on this solo here. Um, Good song, but I was hoping maybe for a little bit of a speed up type of thing at the end, you know, something maybe kind of mix it up. Um, But again, it's just showing the the versatility of this band. They can do whatever they want. And most of the time they're doing it pretty friggin' awesome for me. Yeah. Rumbling train, Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen, Paul O'Neill again. This is you know, just blues, bad company ish, zap, white snake free, you name it, deep purple and stuff. And even the vocals are a little bit different. He changes it up a little, it makes it a little gritty. Yeah. It sounds like Stevie Ray Vaughan there for a minute. Like, That's rrr, exactly rrr. what I was going to say too. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, but I like that. Again, I like the change. The solo is cool, very bluesy. I think it's my favorite solo on this. I'll be honest. Me too. That's what I said. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Crazy boy is a runaway train. I don't know where he does this Axl Rose thing at the end. Yep. 
but he does he, he uses the actual voice. Runaway train. Uh interesting stuff. Devil Stomp. That's next. Devil's Stomp. Oh, my God. These fucking guys. Another kind of Zeppelin-y kind of thing. A great little moody intro. And then that riff. Holy shit. Jakey Lee is really hitting me where I where it, like, I like it right now with these riffs. Ooh. Hitting Ooh. me where I like it. And, then, and so he comes in with that riff. Just kind of breaks your bones with that. Then it slows down again. Quiet again. And then that riff kicks in again and the band just fucking just goes nuts. Eric Singer comes in and just starts going to town. He's starting to do shit. Now, let me be clear. I'm not comparing Eric Singer to John Bonham, but he does stuff in this song that sounds like stuff that Bonham used to do in certain Zeppelin songs where he would just come in and just take over the fucking song and just go nuts. Um, This is just an incredible song. And the songs that I'm really kind of attaching myself to are the songs that have a bunch of different things going on here. Those moody intros, the quiets, the louds, the killer bone crushing riffs, 
Devil Stomp is one of those. Gotcha. Um, Devil Stomp, Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen, Paul O'Neill. There's a fellow Grecian named Tasso Karos. Oh, Morocco's on this. She's into Malacca's uh, Dino. Oh, Morocco's <laughs> Morocco. I know. I know. <laughs> She's into who plays the Malacca's on this. <laughs> She's into Malacca's. No shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, another acoustic slow opening into the guitar groove, then back to the acoustic. I'll be honest with you, Tom. This one kind of fell flat for me. No way. How? I didn't think it went anywhere. Wow. I, I, like, I couldn't pick it up. Like, Okay. Like just when it started, it slowed back to something else. Eh, okay. Eh, okay. I, I honestly, I think that it's a little bit of a filler type song. Ooh, wow. I don't think okay. it's bad. The solo is decent, but it's just I couldn't get into the melody. I like I like melodic rock. You know? Yeah, that. yeah. I got you. So okay. it just. But if you want to get bluesy stuff and do something and move it, but it just it didn't seem to know what it wanted. There's a okay. lot of fucking breaks and stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'll tell you. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I'll give you that. You, I agree. Yes. Next song. The last song on the LP vinyl, but not on this album. Go ahead. So we got seasons. What a fantastic, moody ballad song. And here's the thing. As I was listening to this, there were certain chord patterns, certain tones that really sounded grunge to me. There were certain things on here. I was like, that sounds like something that Mother Lovebone would do. That sounds like something that Alice in Chains would do on dirt and then then it would and then that those little those little bits would kind of pass and you'd get back into the regular blues bass rock but there were certain tones and certain keys and notes that you would hear and i was like that's a moody type of grunge style right there and i thought that was kind of cool because this is 1989 and there was really no alice in chains it was nothing going on i mean bleach came out in 1989 so there was none of that was going on um i like how the song kind of speeds up near the end uh, but th- this is this is a great song here. It showcases a, a, another side of them, and, and again, raise raise voice. But I, I really like how I picked up a little bit of grunge, grunge touches on this one for me. 
seasons, Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen, Paul O'Neill, and Chris Cornell. Yeah, yes, I wish. Two good songs with that title. That's uh, right. And then our buddy Tasso comes back with his tambourine. Yeah, Tasso. <laughs> good for you. Tasso Karras, not to be confused with Webster's dad. Who? George Papadopoulos? <laughs> Hi, ma'am. Why do you realize this is the, I think the second or third time Webster has made it onto the show? My dick is just chilling, little looking like Webster. <laughs> Martin Lawrence talking. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what was up with like people being enamored with TV shows where white people are just taking saviors, the white savior complex. taking like small black children into their house <laughs> like you got what? mr drummond the rich guy taking in the friggin alden willis oh got- those, and those three fucking kids became all crackheads oh oh yeah well the girl dana plato's dead todd <laughs> todd, todd so Bridges. gary coleman well not from he's he's not dead from drugs he was like murdered by his wife thrown yes. out a flight i think of she stairs. pushed him down the stairs yeah, it's like what the fuck his, his nice smooth skin like gary coleman <laughs> What's that from barbershop? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> His face gonna be real smooth like Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman's <laughs> skin. You got fucking Emmanuel Lewis doing the fucking Webster. Who thought that was a good idea? What a terrible premise for a show. Or, or now I'm going to go to something else. Or I think of the other little guy in an airplane, too. Who I could use a little breather. <laughs> God, the guy tattoo. He's like, <laughs> I sure could use a little breather. <sighs> what the fuck? What was up? Everybody was obsessed with like little people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you remember that fucking Chevy Chase movie with uh, Carrie Fisher under the rainbow? Oh, it was Jesus, a comedy. That's, that's a do you remember cut. that? Yes. And he like he invaded like whatever they were filming like Wizard of Oz. And yeah, 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 yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. And that one guy that's in every movie in the eighties, that yeah. little midget guy, Billy Bar, whatever his name is. Yeah. He's in uh, the fucking um, the, what do you call it? Uh, the kiss thing with uh, kids. <laughs> oh, Paul Lind. Yeah, that little Billy Bart, whatever his name was. Ooh, that Bushwick Bill. <laughs> That's another little guy. That's another little guy. Yeah, he's dead. Not to confuse with Little Mayo. I mean, heavy mayo. <laughs> oh, heavy mayo. Jesus Christ! I can see a little breather, and he's right over there. I still don't know how we got here. <laughs> Trying to connect the dots of where we go on the show is impossible. Webster, Webster. Anyway, see, I think I'm on seasons, right? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the song "Judgment Day" from White Snake? Oh yeah, it was a little bit of a rip off, a little bit of cashmere. Cashmere. Stuff. cashmere this, yeah. this reminds me a little bit of both of those songs. Okay. Kind of playing, and a little rain song in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Especially the intro to this. Yes. It's just a heavier rain song. Yeah. And one other song, Docking, Walk Away. Oh, ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So th- I, all songs that I really like. Yeah. So yeah. I really like this song. 
Yeah. Vocals are just off the charts. It's just the type of song that hooks me all the time. I loved it. I I think it's a great tune. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Now, the album supposedly ends if you bought the vinyl back then. Yep. But if you look at the album or you look it up and you go on Wikipedia or something, it would say, oh, song 11, CD and cassette special. That's what everybody was buying in 89. Exactly. Right. right, And extra. So everybody, I thought, had ball and chain, the next track. Anyways, we're going to review it because that's the that's how we thought it was on it. So next song and last song. Yeah, ball and chain. It's too bad. It's a. It's only a bonus on the CD and cassette, which is what most people have. Um, yeah, so it's not available on the vinyl. Uh, another song with a kick-ass, ballsy blues swagger. Great, great riffs by Jakey Lee. Uh, this is a great song. I mean, it's weird. It's only the eleventh song. Why not just make it part of the album? Like, uh, like there must have been a reason why they left it off the vinyl. I don't know why. Um, I think this is one of the standout tracks on the album. Out of eleven tracks, I got this. I got this uh, as one of the one of the one of the better ones. I think this is a really good one. Ball and Chain, written by Jakey Lee and Ray Gillen. It's a bluesy song, uh, but you know it, it feels like it kind of got tossed into Tom. Very White Snake like. Uh, Very, I could see that. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit of a slow down. Bring it on home guitar tone, uh, mm-hmm. uh, melody. Excuse me. Uh, Eric and um, Jake are doing some interesting stuff there, like the solo too. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, it's not a bad song, but I think it's just, you know, not doing too much for me. But okay, it's a Fair way enough. they end the album. So Fair enough. Want to recap a little bit your thoughts? Yeah, I just I'm I'm really disappointed in myself that it took me so long to get on board with this because, you know, every time we do these episodes, whether it's ARC or Kiss Family Tree albums like these, um, this out, I, I put it this way. I'll tell you right now, if this was eligible for ARC, this would be very, very, very high on my ARC rankings. I fucking legitimately love this album. It is the rare album. There's no skips on here for me. None. Okay. Some songs are better than others. Obviously, that's the nature yep. of an album. There's no skips on here. None. I think this is a fucking fantastic album. It's funny, too. When you're on Twitter and Facebook and you're following conversations about rock and music, everybody talks about Badlands to the point where it's almost like become overrated because everybody's yeah. like, oh, my God, these guys should have been huge. This album is so incredible. And they're right. They should have been huge. And the album is incredible. I love it. Yeah, Tom, I... I- Knew the album. I knew a couple of the songs. It stayed with me 30 years. I've been listening to some of these songs, 
But I really get into the album until we started doing the podcast three, four years ago. I started listening to him, knowing that it'll come along. I put it on a, you know, some, I put it on a uh, playlist with all our Kiss stuff. And uh, I, I knew we would have to do this soon. And when we talked about, let's do an album that is a Kiss member. Like this was like, yeah, let's do this one. Let's get to it. Uh, not disappointed. Uh, I, I, I find this to be a fun and really uh, interesting album. And uh, I'm glad we got to review this. So let's go to the tracks and rank these songs, man. Let's do it. All right, Tom, 11 songs. My 11th song is Devil's Stomp. You've got to be shitting me. No. That's how 11th? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there are good songs on here. There's some better than others. But You have Jade's song ranked higher than Devil's Stomp. Wow. Yes. Okay. I got Jade's song last just because it's a quick acoustic instrumental. Number 10, Ball and Chain. Number 10, Streets Cry Freedom. Ooh, wasn't anticipating that. Uh, number nine, Jade Song. Number nine, Hard Driver. Number eight, Dancing on the Edge. Uh, number eight for me is Rumbling Train. Number seven for me, Hard Driver. Number seven for me is Dancing on the Edge. Number six for me, High Wire. That is number six? My goodness. Dude, I like this album. Um, number six for me is Ball and Chain. Number five for me, Streets Cried Freedom. Uh, number five for me is Seasons. No. Uh, number four, Rumbling Train. Number four for me is Devil's Stomp. Oh. Number three for me is Seasons. Number three for me, Dreams in the Dark. Whoa. Uh, number two for me, Winter's Call. Number two for me is High Wire. Number one for me, Dreams in the Dark. Number one for me is Winter's Call. Great fucking album. Tom, we have reviewed three previous Kiss member non-Kiss albums. They were Vinnie Vincent's All Systems Go, Ace Fraley's Trouble Walking. And Paul Stanley's Soul Station now and then. Uh, we ranked the covers. So, Tom, want to read us your ranking so far? Yes. So, at number three, I have Paul Stanley now and then, or Soul Station. Number two, Trouble Walk and Ace Frehley. Number one, All Systems Go, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. This is for covers. Correct. Um, this cover is not great. I mean, it's, you know, it's got, it's got the guys kind of looking badass and stuff, but I really like the color scheme and the design of that Vinnie Vincent album. So I'm going to keep that at number one and I'm going to put Badlands at number two. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to see Ace with a fucking marionette puppet string or whatever the fuck he's doing on trouble walking. Why not? What am I holding here? What is this? (laughs) Well, thanks for the puppets. (laughs) (laughs) You got one behind me because I'm a Muppet. Tom, my rankings were number three, Trouble Walking, number two, Now and Then, number one, All Systems Go. Uh, This is going to go at number two, just like yours. All right. Uh, Aces last, Now and Then. 
I think there's a it's like a multicultural ethnic. There's a lot of people. Everyone's looking good and yeah. suave and whatever. Okay. Uh, so that went to number two. Awesome goes st- staying there at number one. Okay. All right. So now let's go over to the album rankings. Mm-hmm. So want to read us yours? I got Paul Stanley's Soul Station now and then at number three. Ace Frehley Trouble Walking at two. Vinnie Vince Invasion All Systems Go number one. I absolutely fucking love All Systems Go. But Badlands is better. Badlands is number one. Whoa! Badlands is just too fucking good of an album. It, it, it's it's put it this way: the, the 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 X factor here is that bullshit at the end of All Systems Go that you got to skip. Yeah, but I love that album. I, I I really do love All Systems Go. But Badlands is just too damn good for me. All right, number three for me was Ace Frehley. Trouble walking. Terrible. Paul Stanley's Now and Then Soul Just Station 2. Horrendous. All Systems Go, number one. Uh, not even close. All Systems Go is, is not going to get beat. At least I don't think so. Uh, that stays at one. And this goes to number two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a great al- album. It's an album if you liked that type of music in yeah. the 80s. Early nineties. Yeah, I, 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 I won't. I won't fight you on that because all systems go is fucking great. So yeah, there's no better song for me than that time of year. Yep, any of them. Maybe best kiss song too. Yep, but I fucking love that tune. And okay. there's so many other great songs there. Yeah, the last two songs are horrible. Yeah, but uh, it overcomes it. In my okay, opinion. I got you. Good. All right. So Tom, that was the uh, album review of Badlands. What do we do next? We do a question of the week, and our question of the week comes from Dr. Two. I keep fucking up how to say this guy. He's on Twitter, but he sent us a DM. Do you think that Todd Kearns and or Brent and Zach would be asked or even considered by Paul and Gene for the eventual Kiss 2.0? Or do you think that they would want complete unknowns to wear the makeup? To try to recreate the original mystery identity gimmick. Uh, I think they wouldn't pick him. I think he'd be the best Paul Stanley to be picked, but they wouldn't. And it has nothing to do with that. I think the fact of the matter is they would look at it as like, yeah, we can get somebody new that's talented and cheaper. Yeah, so I, I don't. I don't think it would have anything to do with money. I think he's kind of onto something with his question. I think they would want to be the unknown stuff because I money. think if it's money. Sorry, I, I, I I'm that cynical about it. I think they're not paying him that kind of money. He's gonna be like, dude, I, I I'm think, touring. I'm doing this. I'm carrying the makeup. I'm carrying the. I'm doing. It. You want to pay me what? Fuck off. I mean, I'm not gonna deny that. Look, everything Kiss does is, is involves money, obviously. But I do think that they would want complete and total faceless, nameless, unknown people. Uh, would, I mean, would it be? Would you want Brent, Zach, and Todd? Fuck yeah, you would. I can't wait to see those guys again on the cruise. It's gonna be fucking incredible. I'm actually more excited to see them in Bruce's band than fucking Kiss. That's right, I said it. <laughs> um, You're not alone. Yeah, but it's a great question. Thanks, buddy, and we always appreciate your interaction on Twitter. Thank you. Great question. Yep. Thank you for the question, Tom. Where can people find us? Start with our awesome website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. That's where you can find everything. 
You can find all of our Shout It Out Loudcast episodes, ARC album review crew episodes, the Zeppelin Chronicle episodes, the new Dorm Damage episodes. They're all there. All of our rankings. Everything's there. In these episodes like this, there'll be a little spoiler button if you don't want to see where we've ranked our songs. All that is there. You can also buy our awesome Shout It Out Loudcast merch. There's a link for that. You can shop our Amazon store. You can click on all the links for our friends and see the people that have been on our show and shows that we've been on. Um, and you can also click a link to check out the fact that we are part of the wonderful Pantheon podcast family, which breaking news, they just released a standalone Pantheon podcast app, which means if you download that Pantheon podcast app, you get direct access to every show, including ours right there. One-stop shopping Pantheon in your pocket. So check that app out. If you like us and all those other shows that are on there. So on top of our website, obviously, our email address, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. We read all the emails. We try to get to all of them on the show. We already went over that earlier about feedback. And, of course, all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, DMs, everything. We are reachable. You can find us. And, of course, our wonderful Patreon family. Lucas from Maine and our buddy Tony from Restrain. Love you guys. Thank you. And we love all of our Patreon family members. You guys are the best. And as I mentioned earlier, Pantheon Podcast, we're proud to be part of those guys. Yeah, Tom, you can always DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're closing in on 800. And uh, let's see who will be the 800th subscriber. So please continue to uh, follow us there, whether you listen to us there or you listen to us on podcasts, still subscribe. The other one is you can give us one of those five star Star. child reviews on Apple podcast, on Spotify, on Facebook, podchaser.com. Anywhere you can give us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. It's a big help to the show. It moves us up the food chain, gets us in front of more people, builds us up. Now, we also received a new five-star review, Tom. I don't know if you were aware of that. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. You guys suck. Go fuck yourself. No. Oh, wonderful. Thanks. Well, guess what? You guys suck, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is called Simply the Best. Tina Turner. And it's from Gandalf 794. Wow. Okay. I have no no idea who that is. So please send us a quick DM. Let us know. We want to thank you. Anyway, he says, truly a must listen podcast. Even if you don't like Kiss, even if you've never heard of Kiss, although I'm not sure how that's possible, you will find this show entertaining and hilarious. Really? Does a podcast come along that actually enhances your experience of listening to or being a fan of a band? This one for sure. Their love and enthusiasm for Kiss is contagious and can sway the heart of the Grinchiest of Kiss haters. Wow. These guys are like the click and clack of rock podcasts. You ever listen to Boston-based NPR show Car Talk? Oh, God. You will love this show. Their Boston-flavored banter on KISS 
is endlessly enjoyable to listen to. And not only that, their bant on any topic is just as great. You can imagine it would be just as much fun to listen to them just talking to each other off air as it is to listen to them on the air. They have an undeniable chemistry that can only come from being college buddies with a three-decade friendship and dedication that can come from being avid, lifelong fans of the band. Yes, the forays into adult content (laughs) in Carlin's forbidden words makes this occasionally not safe for work podcast, not NPR ready. And it's likely you may want to listen with your headphones around the kids. But this is part of what makes the show so honest, real, and spit out your coffee funny. Once you listen to this once, you will soon find yourself addicted, looking forward to each new show. You will also find yourself being a bigger Kiss fan, even though they take an irreverent approach that doesn't shy away from telling it like it is, justifiably poking gentle fun at the band when given material to work with. And trust me, there's a lot to work with. These guys have the number one KISS podcast for a reason. Their sincere love and gratitude for the band, their fans, makes for an undeniable winning combination. Give them a listen. Dude, I'm a fucking speechless over that. That is insane. I saw wow. that. I saw that today, and I wanted to read it live so you could hear that. That is bonkers. Thing I all I could say is thank you to that. That is an incredible, incredible review. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, I took my time writing it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're Gandalf? Yeah. Dude, that was written too intelligently to be me. That's incredible. That is the smartest shouting out loudcaster comment I've ever heard. I love like it. The grammar and the, the phrasing. Yep. Yep. And I'm not just saying it because he patting us on the back. I'm just saying, wow. It's amazing. I, I that was a, that was incredible. Best review we've ever ever By read. Far. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank so you very you much. Need to identify yourself, Gandalf. Yeah, please. Yeah, send us a DM or send us an email. Let us know so we can give you some some props. That's that's amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to repeat the email again. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And don't forget our awesome website Tom mentioned previously. Shout it out loudcast.com. Shout it out loudcast.com. Anything you want about the show, it's there. Tom, got any famous last words? Of course. Standing here, I got my eye on you. Your story bleeds, but there's no review. Honey drip and set my soul on fire. Stealing hearts got me walking the wire. Nice. Sing me a sweet, sweet song. Turn out the lights and my love will burn on and on. Hold me until tomorrow. Dreams in the dark. Dreams in the dark. Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. You're the best. Love you. Thank you for all the support. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Mister, you've deceived my family, stolen our horse, and kidnapped my wife. But when you use language like that in front of my kids, you've crossed the line. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 